ready. Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Folks, welcome aboard. Um, I'm not under the weather. It's just I strained my voice earlier choking on a piece of popcorn. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be okay by tomorrow. Praise God. Amen. At any rate, I hopefully didn't go down my trachea and get down there in my windpipe. I hope I coughed it up. Just don't know. Amen. Well, you never know. Brother Michael Cummins is live. Pastor Michael coming to you from England. Brother Michael, Happy New Year to you and your family. How are you doing, my friend? Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Unfortunately, I lost a tooth yesterday. Oh no! I've had a I've had a loose tooth for quite some time, and uh, I've been working it gently with my tongue, and I finally got it uh, loose enough. So I pulled it out yesterday myself. Saved me going to the dentist. Absolutely. You know, because uh, the dentists in England are a real rip off. You have to pay a lot of money to go and see a dentist, and. Uh, it had a long root in it. I've, it's all come out, and the gum has settled down already. So I bathed it with warm salt water, and it seemed to have done the trick. Well, praise the Lord. Yes, sir, that will work. Warm salt Amen. water, maybe some hydrogen peroxide if you need to to disinfect. Amen. Amen. But uh, there we spin. go. These things happen. Unfortunately, when I had chemotherapy, I did lose a, f- a few teeth. Uh, chemotherapy does have a side effect on your teeth and I and that was about the last one all the teeth seem all right now but I did lose a few teeth unfortunately I'm sorry to hear about that and I'm noticing with age that um, it's getting harder and harder to hang on to our teeth in perfect shape I know mine needs to work I'm holding on to them as best I can but there we are we'll see what happens Okay. Praise okay, the Lord. Okay. Floss, the Lord. brush, and water pick. I'm trying. Well, Amen. Brother Michael, welcome aboard. You want to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. Yeah. Yes, certainly. I'm going to pray for a couple of people. Dear Lord God, I pray for Steve in South America. He's suffering from Lyme's disease. I also pray for Benjamin in the USA. He too has Lyme disease, which is causing very bad osteoarthritis. And Steve is suffering from fatigue and tiredness. And we command both of these people to be delivered immediately from the side effects of Lyme disease. We pray that God will touch them and God will heal them in Jesus' name. We also pray for Christina and her daughter Ariana in Sydney, Australia. And we pray for all the listeners now. May 2024 be a wonderful year for you all and may today's program really touch you in jesus christ our lord and savior's name amen amen and if you hear any strange sounds in the background it's my computer i'm trying to find the switch to turn it off so you're okay don't let it stop you um okay with that the mic is yours my friend welcome back thank you very much and god bless you all you know when i first uh learned about God and learned about the Bible. I learned about heaven and I learned about hell. But as I started reading the Bible and watching others preach, I started hearing about three heavens, the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. And this intrigued me. 
So I started studying in the Bible. And we learn an awful lot about heaven when we think of the three heavens. Now, we've got some great scriptures today and some great teaching for you. But the first thing I want to say is the heaven we live in, uh, what we call the first heaven, and the atmosphere that goes around the earth, I think it goes around about 20 miles above the earth. There's the atmosphere. And we call that the first heaven. It's where we live. It's the air that we breathe. It's the gravity and everything that makes us work on the earth. That is the first heaven. The second heaven is the heaven that there are wars in constantly, where Satan and his forces fight God and his angels, where there is constant conflict. And the third heaven is the throne of God. That's where God has his throne. And I want to start with a scripture. It's Second Corinthians 12, and I will read the first four verses. And it says, It's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth, such as one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into the paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. I'm going to read that again. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth, such as one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Do you remember Jesus when he was on the cross with the two robbers? And he said to a man, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, the Apostle Paul is speaking about this man was caught up to paradise. He must have been caught up to the place where God has his throne and Jesus sits at the right hand of God. He heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Didn't hear French. He didn't hear English. He didn't hear Hebrew. He didn't hear Arabic. He didn't hear any other language, but unspeakable words, which he didn't understand, which are not lawful. To utter, This man was caught up unto the third heaven. And that's quite remarkable. That's quite marvellous. It didn't happen to Paul, but Paul is speaking about a man it happened to. So that's the third heaven, the throne of God. 
There is complete peace there. It's where the living beings are. It's where the archangels are with the Lord. And it's where the throne of God is. And where Jesus lives. And it's quite remarkable. When we talk about the second heaven, we need to talk about the spiritual warfare because much spiritual warfare goes on in the second heaven. We all know about the first heaven, the area, the atmosphere that goes around the earth. We know that there can be meteorites coming in and out of those areas. There can be travel space travel that goes out of our atmosphere into the stratosphere and beyond. We know that we breathe the air that is there, that is locked into our world. We drink the water that comes down through the clouds, through the rain. Sadly, the world has become polluted. But we know Jesus will put all that right when he returns. But we should go now to the book of Ephesians because when we hear about the wars in heaven, we need to know exactly what's going on in the second heaven. And in that second heaven, there is great spiritual warfare. And we've read this scripture before, but we'll read it now from Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. When we see these things, we think we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So the people that are evil in the world, the Vladimir Putins, the Kim Jong-uns, and all the dictators of the world that wish to invade other countries, that wish to go to war with other countries, that attempted to use nuclear weapons to defend themselves, they are under the power of the spiritual wickedness in high places against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And this is the spiritual warfare which goes on all the time, the spiritual warfare. Now let's go back to the Old Testament and let's have a look at the book of Isaiah and let's read Isaiah 14. Wonderful scriptures, and we will learn an awful lot when we read Isaiah 14. Hallelujah. And it says, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land, and the strangers shall be joined with them. And they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land 
of the Lord for servants and handmaids, and they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. If we go down to verse 12 of Isaiah 14, we see the opposition against God. The opposition, and when we talk about God, we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We're talking about Emmanuel, God with us, Yeshua, Jesus. We're talking about Elohim, creator of heaven and earth. We're talking about Yahweh, the God of Israel. We're talking about them, and Satan has decided to come against them. Verse 12 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which disweaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit also amongst the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, what does the first thing that tell you? When someone is saying, I, 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 I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. That is speaking of pride. Now, somebody said to me once, it was Derek Prince, I listened to one of Derek Prince's teaching, and Derek Prince was a marvellous teacher, and he believes that when Satan started his nonsense, it was actually Jesus who was the object. It was the word because remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word made flesh, that it was Lucifer who started against Jesus. I believe God was so great, God was so marvellous, God was so huge and magnificent, that Satan left him alone or was too frightened to engage God. So he engaged Jesus. And I believe that all his pride was leveled at Jesus, and he was certainly proud. And remember, God resists the proud, but lifts up the humble. Verse 15 says, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Hallelujah. Satan is pride, is anger, is bitterness, is rebellion. Now, we'll learn more about Satan as we go into Ezekiel 28. But first, we think about the church today. We think of Satan's ambition and Satan's pride. And the problem with many churches, especially big church leaders, that they have ambition. I've seen a couple in England. They want the biggest church in London. They want the most people in London. 
They want to leave that church because it's no longer big enough and they want to go to a bigger church. They want the wealthiest church. They want more members. When we're supposed to just humble ourselves, resist the devil and humble ourselves before God. If you're serving God and you've only got a church with 50 people, but that church is successful, and the only way you can measure the success of that church is when the captives come in, demon-possessed, they get set free. When people come in with terminal illness, you're able to pray for them, and they get delivered. But these people are hell-bent and having the biggest church. I can think of two pastors. One of them ended up in prison. Two pastors, all they wanted was massive churches, super churches. They wanted to be on the TV constantly. Really, that's pride. And that pride can only come from one source. That pride can come from Satan. And we must remember that original sin, the sin that Satan promoted, was the sin of pride so we must remember that we are opening the door to Satan if we live by pride pride is caused by ambition and we have to be very very careful with our ambition now let's go to Ezekiel 28 and there's two parts of this, this speaks about the prince of Tyre and the king of Tyre Two different people, one human, one supernatural. Let's read at first, Ezekiel 28. The word of the Lord came un, again unto me, saying, Son of man, sound to the prince of Tyrus, thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art a man and not God. Through thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy vis wisdom, and with thy understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches, and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasure. By the great wisdom, and by the traffic, hast thou increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thine riches. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God. Hallelujah. The prince of Tyre, the ruler of Tyre, he set his heart on riches. He set his heart on wealth. Though he has got wisdom and understanding, he is suffering for pride because he has said his heart is lifted up because of his riches and his heart is set on his riches. You see, I found people who have pride. Many of them have pride in their wealth. 
the amount of money they've been able to put away, their savings, their position at work, even their position in the church, gives them great pride. This one, the Prince of Tyre, even claims to be a god. His power and his riches have made him so proud that he wants to be a god. Now we talk about, as we go on, we go on to the king of Tyre. Verse 7 onwards. Behold, therefore, I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Wilt thou yet say before him that thou slayest thee? I am God, but thou shalt be a man and no God in the hand of him that slayeth thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. The prince of Tyre is being warned by the Lord God that strangers will come and kill him. What has made him like this? He's a leader. Leaders have wisdom. Solomon had wisdom and understanding. But Solomon was a man who never boasted. This man boasts. He's a braggart. He's a boaster. Now let's see who's behind his boasting. Let's go to verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tambrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise they hast filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled the sanctuary, the sanctuaries, by the multitude of thine iniquities. 
by the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth, in the sight of all them that behold thee. Hallelujah. The king of Tyre is Satan. You see, Satan will come down upon governments, upon rulers, upon people who are not with God, who are not praying every day, who are not seeking the Lord for all that they have done. Uh, he did it this time to the Prince of Tyre, but in history has done it to many others, to Stalin, to Hitler, nowadays to Putin, to Kim Jong-un, to Mao Zedong, going back to the Roman Empire, to Caligula, to Nero, to Mussolini, to Idi Amin, all people that are proud, that are puffed up by their proud, by their pride, puffed up by it. They will open the door to the devil and he will come in. And of course, he will make you rich. He will give you power. Just like Putin, you will threaten other countries constantly without giving a care to what you're saying. You will threaten people like Britain, as he has done, with nuclear bombs and war. He will threaten all the Baltic states around him. This is the work of Satan. And unfortunately, the Russian Orthodox Church don't have the courage or maybe they're being controlled by the devil as well because they tell Vladimir Putin constantly that what he does is right. That these countries around them are really the enemy because they wish to join NATO or the European Union. This is what Satan will do. This is what he done to the Prince of Tyre. So if you're proud, if you're a proud pastor, if you're a proud church leader, and that pride is really big amongst you, then you will be in trouble. Because Satan will attack you. We will come against you. Hallelujah. And you can see if we go to Revelation 12, let's go to Revelation 12 now, and we'll go to verse 4. It says, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And a dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour a child, as soon as it was born. How did Satan get a third of the angels to rebel against God? Well, I'll give you some, I'll give you my, my, if you like, slant on it. Satan goes to these angels and really they were the angels under his control. He was an archangel like the angel Gabriel and the angel Michael. Lucifer, as he was then, and Lucifer and Satan are the same being. Lucifer, when he was cast down to the earth, became Satan. And he said to all his angels, you know, God doesn't really care for you. He's created you and he don't really care for you. 
He really only cares about Emmanuel. He cares about Yeshua. He cares about Jesus. He doesn't really care about you. Now, God has said that favoritism is forbidden. But Satan's telling lies to the angels and he gets them to rebel against God. Verse 7 says, Revelation 12, 7, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Remember, Satan is the dragon, the serpent. That's what he is, the dragon, the serpent. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, was cast into the earth and his angels was cast out with him. Cast into the earth, a third of all the angels. Hallelujah. Evil. Evil and doing evil. Now, let's have a look at Colossians 1. And we're going to read from verse 15. And it tells us a lot about Jesus. It tells us about the wonderfulness of Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. Jesus, do you remember he said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. And this is telling us this in Colossians 1.15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of God. Goes on to say in verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So Jesus created all these things. Hallelujah. I don't believe that thrones and dominions took part in the rebellion against God. Thrones and dominions didn't. Powers, principalities, these are offices, these are positions, powers and authorities, principalities. These things are offices and I believe they rebelled against God. I don't think thrones, dominions and lordships as it says in some versions of the Bible, took part in the rebellion against God. So you can see Jesus, you can see why Satan would have attacked Jesus, because Jesus was the authority. Let's have a look at the book of Daniel, 
Daniel 10, verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks was fulfilled. Now, if you're interested, that is called the Daniel fast, that three-week fast. Did you notice Daniel didn't stop eating? He ate no pleasant food. In other words, he ate no meat. He ate no rich food. He drank no wine. He never anointed himself with oil or fragrance till the three whole weeks was fulfilled. Very good to have a Daniel fast. I believe in these days that we live in now and with all that's going on in the world and the world being in such a precarious position, I believe that we should adapt the Daniel fast. You know, I have to tell you that fasting is something I seldom do and I should do a lot more of it, a lot more of it. And I've actually been fasting. I've been doing a Daniel fast. I have not eaten hardly any meat. I have to tell you, for three months now, I haven't had a sweet, a chocolate, a cake, a biscuit, any sugar or anything rich. And I went to the doctor recently and I had lost one stone and a half. And I believe the Daniel fast is something we should all think about. Perhaps as a ministry, perhaps all the listeners to Amiga Man Radio could, could get involved in the Daniel fast. You don't starve yourself, but you just cut out the finest food, the richest food. I remember as a church years ago, we used to have a hunger lunch where we would eat bread and cheese and nothing else and drink water. It's not going to harm your body. Your body's not going to be damaged at all. This was a Daniel fast. Verse 4. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hidekel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like a colour to polish brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. And let's be honest, if you see an angel, you're going to be frightened. When I saw an angel in my house once, I woke up from the bed to go to the toilet, and I saw an angel sitting on my bed and I was shocked. He was very handsome. He was very bright. He was very muscular and strong. And I looked at this angel and you're startled. You're scared because you don't know why an angel has come to see you. 
naturally we have natural fear about things we don't know and when i saw this angel i said to him if you're from god please stay you are most welcome but if you're from the enemy please leave immediately i tested the spirits and daniel has seen this vision of an angel most people are scared who were around him and went to hide verse 8 therefore i was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption and i retained no strength naturally when you're scared your legs give away and you lose your strength it's natural Anyone who sees an angel of the Lord should be frightened. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face towards the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Look at this great word he used. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Why was great Daniel greatly beloved? Because he fasted so much to God and he fasted for the people of Israel. He fasted for the Israelites. Hallelujah. And he stood there trembling at the sight of this angel. Verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I have come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. Below Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So Daniel is fasting. Daniel is praying. And his words are going up towards God. But he has been interfered with by the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which withstood the angel of the Lord. And this demon, he was a demon. He was the prince of Persia. He was a demon over the land of Persia and the kingdom of Persia. And one thing we have to remember, that demons are territorial and Satan gives them roles to look after. There may be a demon over New York, a demon over London, a demon over Paris, certainly a demon over Moscow, a demon over Tehran a demon over Baghdad. These are the princes that look after those kingdoms and, of course, they try and stop growth, growth in the kingdom of God. And he has withstood this angel for 20 days. And this angel 
had to call the Archangel Michael, one of the chief priests, princes, one of the chief princes, sorry, I said priests, one of the chief princes, and he came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Verse 14, Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face towards the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake, and said unto him, that stood before me, O oh my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. Verse 17. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord, but as for me, straightway remain no strength in me, neither there is any breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Hallelujah. Then said he, Knowest thou, wherefore I come unto thee, and now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Greece shall come. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. Hallelujah. Daniel was being told, you see, there's another, there's a prince of Greece, another principality, a demonic principality over the land of Greece. You can see how demons operate. There's demons all around us. There's hundreds of thousands operating in the world. We've got to humble ourselves before God. If we want to overcome the devil and we want to take the devil on, we have got to be prepared to humble ourselves before God. A satanic ruler was in charge of Persia. A satanic ruler was in charge of Greece. What will these demons do? They will try and stop the gospel from being spread. They will try and stop people from receiving deliverance and healing. They will oppose everything that God hopes to do to those nations. They are satanic angels, covering cherubs, covering demons, like Satan. Lucifer was a covering demon, and he covered God with his huge wingspan. Now he's fallen to the earth. And the angels that fell with him, especially covering angels, are now covering these nations with evil. And they still cover our nations with evil today. 
the Prince of Persia, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. But we will stand against them. We will humble ourselves before the Lord. There will be no pride within us. We will understand that we can only fight if Jesus is with us because he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Total commitment is needed to remove Satan from your church. You can always tell if Satan has come into your church. You can see by the changes in certain people, the changes in the teaching. I don't believe in liberal teaching. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. And I believe we've got to be prepared. We've got to fast. We've got to pray. And by praying, not saying the Lord's Prayer in the morning when we get up, we've got to pray and we've got to get involved in spiritual warfare like what is going on in the second heaven when the angels of the Lord are defeating the demons of Satan. We've got to stand up and be counted. And one thing we have to do is put on the whole armour of God and take our stand against the devil. Let's go back to Ephesians 6, and we'll read about the armour of God and how powerful and important it is for us to wear it. Hallelujah. Let's have a look what it says. Verse 13, Therefore, Take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt with truth. Hallelujah. We've got to have the belt of truth on. The belt of truth. We've got to live the truth goes on to saying, having on the breastplate of righteousness. I have to tell you, we have to tell the truth. No religious dogma, no religious speech. I always remember I used to ring a man once at a ministry and I used to say to him, how are you today? And you would expect someone to say, I'm doing fine. But this man used to constantly answer, I'm blessed and highly favoured. That's all he said, I'm blessed and highly favoured. You know, when you're trying to bring people into the kingdom of God and you're evangelizing, people out in the world don't appreciate that religious talk. I'm blessed and highly favored. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Be truthful. Hallelujah. You know, once I, this old lady's still alive and I love her dearly. But I was told once she hadn't seen a pastor for a long time. And the pastor came up to see her and welcomed her and held his hand out to shake her hand and she started speaking in tongues to him. And the man turned around and said, but I only wanted to say hello to you. Why do you greet me speaking in tongues? And she said, I never miss the opportunity of speaking to my father in his own language. And I remember I was horrified. Because we read the scripture early. Earlier, we read the scripture from 2 Corinthians 12 about the man who went up into paradise. And he said he heard things 
that he wasn't allowed to utter. So I believe this woman was being proud and she was being arrogant. And you've got to tell the truth. When you meet people who are not born again, you've got to be real. You can't use religious jargon. And that is why we put on the belt of truth. Our loins are girt with the truth. And having the breastplate of righteousness to keep your heart right with the Lord. I have to tell you that when you put on the armor of God, if you're not living right with the Lord, then it will be useless. You will get no protection at all. And you cannot wear the breastplate of righteousness unless you're righteous. Hallelujah. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, one thing about peace, the peace of God surpasses all understanding and it keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, when you talk to people, people will come to you if they believe you have a peace about you. If you have God's peace about you, you can evangelize. You can spread the gospel. That's a great thing. Hallelujah. Above all, taking the shield of faith, by which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We need that shield of faith, that no part of our life should be exposed to the enemy, that we can extinguish every attack he attacks us with. We should be able to do that. Hallelujah. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation protecting our mind. You know why we need our mind protected? One of the most wicked spirits is the spirit of heaviness. It gives us negative thoughts. So many people, even in the church, suffer with depression. Derek Prince himself had depression for many, many years, a great deliverance minister, a great speaker and a great pastor, but he suffered from depression for years. You know what the word of God says, that God has given us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We must listen to praise and worship music. We must sing, even if our voices are not very good. When we go to church and we sing and we praise God with our voices, that depression will lift. That spirit of heaviness will go. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, I do this all the time in deliverance. I quote scriptures to Satan. One of them's from the Gospel of Luke. The 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the spirits are subject to us via thy name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I give you authority to trample on snakes, to tread on scorpions to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names 
are written in heaven. Speak the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Hallelujah. Speak the word of God and Satan will flee from you. Hallelujah. And verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We should be willing not just to pray for ourselves. We should be willing to pray for others as well. We should pray for them. We should pray for all people. We pray for all situations. When myself and my wife get up in the morning, we say Psalm 23, Psalm 51, Psalm 91. We take communion. And we pray for every situation and circumstance that the Holy Spirit has led us to believe is important. Pray for the saints. Pray for them all. Let's have a look at Acts 4. Acts 4, verse 23, to give you an idea of how to pray for those in trouble. And being let go, they went to their own country and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. They had been told not to preach in the name of Jesus Christ. Not to preach in the name of Jesus. We need to pray for people. In certain countries in the world, People are told not to pray in the name of Jesus. They're told not to use that name, the name of Jesus. You see, you can pray in any name you wish. You can pray in the name of Buddha. You can pray in the name of Muhammad. You can pray in the name of Krishna. They don't have any power. The greatest name you can pray for, you can pray Two is the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus for everyone in trouble, especially for people who have been told they can't use the name of Jesus. They can't pray in the name of Jesus. I had someone ring me up once and they wanted deliverance and they said, I only believe in God. I don't believe Jesus is God, only pray in the name of God. I said, well, I pray in the name of Jesus or I don't pray at all. It's entirely up to you. Pray in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Continue to pray to defeat Satan. Revelation 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. You know what? You must love Jesus so much 
Jesus must be so important to you. My wife says to me, I love you, Mick, but I love Jesus more. And that's how it should be. We should love Jesus so much that our lives are less important to us than the love we have for Jesus. And that's how it should be. Verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Hallelujah. We should be prepared to die for Jesus if it came to it. I wouldn't want to die for any other reason. Maybe you might get killed protecting your family against evil and there will be plenty of evil coming into the world when the Antichrist is revealed. But we have to be prepared to overcome the devil. Remember all the apostles who were with, with Jesus died terrible deaths. All of them died terrible deaths to spread the gospel. If we really want to be born again and we really wish to serve God through Jesus Christ our Lord, we must be prepared to do so. Satan is being defeated. Let's start fasting. Let's do a Daniel fast, not starve ourselves to death. Let's cut out the rich things. Anyone eat caviar out there? Cut caviar out. Anyone like eating smoked salmon out there? Cut smoked salmon out. Anyone like fine wines and champagne? Cut them out. Have a cup of tea and a cheese sandwich instead. This fast for the Lord. The world is in a terrible state. And let us see what we can do through prayer and fasting to make the world a better place. The war is going on in the second heaven. The war is going on as we speak now. The demons on the earth are going to Satan and moaning. They're miserable. When you pray, when you stand against Satan, he will come against you. A couple of weeks ago, I was walking the road after watching my favourite team, Crystal Palace, play football. Miserable night, pouring down the rain. As we walked down the road, I tripped and I fell in front of a car that was coming towards me. God stopped the car. The car slowed down. My beloved wife, Janice, was able to get me to my feet and I managed to get back to my car and get home. God will protect you. Though there is evil all around us and demons all around us, God will give his angels charge over us. He's promised that in his word. Psalm 91. He has promised it. God has given his angels charge over us to lift us up so we do not dash our foot against the stone. It's been wonderful preaching to you today. Wonderful Let's start fasting. Let's start praying. Let's stand against these evil dictators in the world that are all princes of Tyre and the king of Tyre, Lucifer, Satan himself, is leading them in a wrong direction and leading the world to destruction. 
we say glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Hallelujah. We pray. Amen. Amen. My brother, what would you like to title this uh, episode for the archives today? War in the Heavens. Fantastic. Love it. And how can people contact you and support your ministry? Well, if you want to support me, uh, I have a... uh, an email address it's called frame f-r-a-m-e cummins c-u-m-m-i-n-s one two three at aol.com there is a paypal address attached to that so you can support me with paypal if you're in london or in the surrounding areas come to our church this is what i preach in the church i don't preach liberal christianity this is the stuff i preach if you need deliverance, if you need healing, come to our church, Kilburn Christian Fellowship. We're online. Two Aldershot Road, Kilburn, London, NW6. Come and see us every Sunday from 11 o'clock. Bible study tomorrow, every Thursday from 12 to 2. And prayer intercession on Friday evening from 7 o'clock. Bless you. If you need prayer, contact me. I'll give you my mobile number, 07469-235351, plus I think it's double zero in the front if you're ringing from abroad, whatever it is, be in touch with us. Let's stand against Satan. Let's defeat him. Let's really make his life difficult. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. My brother, God bless you. And we will see you next time. Thank you, sir. God bless you, too. God bless everyone who listened. Amen. Amen. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Folks, let me say this. We'll be right back. David Measures coming up next.